Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Shidat Shamatsian, and he's founder of the Shamatsian Academic Consulting and is one of the world's foremost experts on medical schools admissions, college admissions, and graduate school admissions. For over 20 years, he and his team have helped thousands of students get into medical school and top colleges using his systematic and proprietary approach. Dr. Sermatian's admissions expertise has been featured in various media outlets, including the Washington Post and Business Insider. Moreover, he has been invited to speak at Yale, Stanford, USC Berkeley, and other prestigious institutions about the various aspects of the admission process. Welcome, Dr. Sermatian. Thank you for having me, Dr. Like. I appreciate you having me. Now tell me, you know, this medical school stuff is, is really difficult. And you know, in the news, there's been a couple of very top leaders that actually had to pay for their kids to get into school. Mm. You you remember that scandal, don't you? Oh, yeah. This was about uh, maybe three years ago now, two, three years ago now, the, the Will yeah. Singer controversy. Mm -hmm. now, and you're telling me you can get people into top schools without having to cheat like that? Yes, uh, you don't have to cheat. Uh, I'm sure, you know, there were certain advantages that those students had, you know, when they cheated, whether it was having somebody else take an exam for them or, or I don't know, fabricate, the, you know, that they were on a certain sports team, like a rowing team or something like that. Um, essentially, there's, there are ways uh, that you can, you know, boost your odds uh, through very legitimate means, uh, you know, whether it's with certain coursework that you would take or certain activities that you would participate in, the way you approach your essay writing, um, the way you, you know, make a cohesive narrative across your application material. So the way your essays fit together, the way your rec letters, um, you know, continue to build on top of that theme that you've started developing for yourself, the school list you you build and so on and so forth. And, so, so it's you know, all the, most kids that are applying for these schools have a sure. lot of credentials. I mean, they've volunteered yep. everywhere. They've done everything, but somehow they don't put it together properly and put it all together to get into those schools. Is that right? It is. And, and frankly, a lot of students do a lot of things. That's true. But there's also the situation that a lot of high achieving students run into where they've done a lot of things they've been busy they're certainly tired um but they're they're well i call them randomly well-rounded uh, what i mean by that is there's no cohesive theme so like if you have a student who i don't know shadowed with a gastroenterologist uh they did some patient exposure work with pediatric populations they uh you know they did some beach cleanup in their community for service and they did their research on fruit flies uh, which has applications for neurology. It's like, well, they've done all the things technically, but if I asked you, hey, how, in what way is this person memorable? You're gonna, you're not gonna really know what to say. Versus someone who, like I said, has a concert effort. So maybe they, um, they work on 
public health research on how to disseminate information uh, to individuals who are suffering from various chronic conditions. Maybe their patient exposure work is working at a community in, uh, clinic in a low-income area. On top of that, their uh, their patient, you know, their community service work is about, you know, uh, diabetes education. Maybe partnering with local uh, organizations that you know provide healthy foods or uh, you know reduce systemic racism or whatever the case might be um, to combat some of these issues. And then when you ask, you know, about that person, hey, what makes this person stand out? They're much more memorable because they've come at a certain problem through in from various directions. Right. So, so the problem when they're applying, it's not they don't have the credentials, it's that they're not memorable. And thousands and thousands of kids look alike when they don't get exact, Exactly. Essentially, you're asking the admissions committees to throw darts blind because, you know, there are going to be a bunch of students who look like you. So why would they choose you versus somebody else versus the person who has a very clear theme to their extracurriculars and is able to write about it in a cohesive way? It's very easy to remember them and therefore very difficult to reject, uh, certainly across schools. And so our job is from the get-go when someone starts out, you know, even as early as freshman year to help them develop the kind of profile that's very compelling. And then certainly when it comes to the application season, you know, making sure that we're putting it all together. Sure. So how did you get interested in doing this? Organically and out of necessity, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I, I routinely joke about how you know, there are no eight-year-olds out there that I've met who, when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be, you know, a medical school admissions, you know, it's not. Um, so when I was going through school, you know, high school and college and so on, I didn't really have very good mentorship. And, you know, I was self-taught with the admissions process. And when I was having my own success, there were a lot of people coming to me, you know, asking for help uh, with their application process, whether it was for college or medical school or whatever the case might be. I helped them. They told their friends or cousins or whatever. And word of mouth grew from there. Um, eventually, when I, you know, when I was helping more and more students and they were successful and I was developing a real passion for this, I started writing about it because I found that there was a lot of foundational advice that students didn't have access to. And I just want to send them a link, like do some reading to come into calls with me. And I realized there wasn't anything great out there. So I started writing myself and, and then I started getting random inquiries. Uh, you know, I used to be, well, you help my friend's cousin and all this stuff. And then now it was someone I had no connection to. And I started asking them, well, you know, how did you find me? How can I assist? And, you know, when people were having more and more success, it just kind of ballooned. And um, like I said, it, it's something that I've uh, been incredibly passionate about for, for some time now because I just love helping people become doctors and pursuing, you know, the career and education they want to get into. So are you a medical doctor yourself? I am not. So I, uh, I was pre-med all through college. Um, I went to Cornell, go big red. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, I had done very well there. I graduated with three, uh, nine and was ready to apply to medical school, but I was doing a lot of research in, in mental health. Um, you know, going back to this like specialty idea where a lot of your activities surround the central theme. So I was doing research in mental health. My, uh, my volunteer experiences, like were related to that. I was doing a lot of work in the community and working to reduce certain stigma and all that kind of stuff. And then it kind of hit me when I was studying for the MCAT. I remember I was studying for the physics section. I was like, boy, I don't know that I'm going to use much physics after this. And then I was like, well, I know what I want to do within medicine. So why, why, why am I going to study bones in the body, for instance, when I know I, I want to go straight to the brain? And, and so that led me to do my PhD in clinical psychology instead. But sort of this interest and my work in the medical admission space just continued. And, you know, 
as I was helping more and more people, you know, my expertise grew, they were having success. And it's really the case where you're helping, where you're getting to know people, you're understanding their story and their path to the field and figuring out, okay, what is it that's going to be their shtick? How are they going to stick out? And, and it's this storytelling and getting to know people and soliciting, uh, you know, their ideas. That's the expertise here. Um, and, uh, and so I've been doing it for a long, long time, uh, 18 plus years now, I do this full time. Oh, wow. So this, this is fascinating. You know, I went through the process of going through medical school and I had to apply all over, didn't get accepted, didn't get accepted, finally got accepted at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Then two weeks later, I get called from the University of Calgary, which was originally my hometown. And mm -hmm. they said, can you come down? Because a lot of people have now moved on to other things. So, of course, I told them, no way. I'm staying in Edmonton now. I, You didn't accept me at Calgary. Yeah. Why would I come back now? You know? you know, it's a difficult process to get into medical school. It's a difficult process to get into anything. Yep, absolutely. It's, uh, it's I mean, it's tremendously competitive. Um, certainly in Canada, it's ultra competitive. In the States, it's ultra competitive. And, you know, most students, they're hoping to get into just one. You know, uh, oftentimes when you ask, hey, what's your top choice? They go, I just want to get in somewhere. That's the most common advice that or response that I hear. And then, of course, certain high achievers that have locked in on a particular school or two. But, yeah, it's an incredibly hard process and it's gotten harder every year. You know, during the pandemic, I think applications went up something like 20 percent. Uh -huh. I'll tell you, it's a Fauci effect, you know. Uh, for sure. I I studied dermatology at the University uh -huh. of Minnesota because, and I remember I had gotten all these applications together. They were all over my living room, everyone. I probably applied to 50 dermatology schools, you know, this postgraduate training. So yeah, yeah. Get. And I remember my mother-in-law coming in and saying to my wife, when is he going to give up on this foolish dream? <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, got boy. accepted that I showed her that I could apply for my foolish dream and get there. Yeah, yeah. It you worked know? out somehow. Yeah. So I, I want everybody listening here to say, if you have a passion and a dream, don't give up because your mother-in-law says it's a foolish dream. That's really, right. you can achieve it if you want. And this is a person here that knows some of the ropes that can do it. Mm -hmm. so, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, in, in other aspects, definitely listen to your mother-in-law. Um, if, you know, if you have a mother-in-law, but, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it does come down to self-confidence too, because, you know, if you're not optimistic about something and you lack the confidence, you're not going to put your best foot forward, you know, consciously or subconsciously, you're just not going to try. And, and I've seen a lot of students who could have been successful, essentially throw the, t throw in the towel. Uh, and this happens, especially, you know, if somebody wanted to always do it, but then they thought it would be more practical for them to do something else, but they never shake off the bug. And now they want to go back to medical school, but now they have the golden handcuffs because they have a nice paycheck. I mean, there are so many circumstances like back. this. Let's go yeah. back a bit, sir. If, if there's any medical person going through pre-med and so mm -hmm. on, getting the credentials, what advice do you have to tell them to get the right credentials to get in? Yeah. So it starts early. I mean, you want to plan out ideally a few years ahead of time, as far as taking certain prerequisite courses like the biochem, physics, because you have to have certain courses ready before you take the MCAT. Not as a requirement, no courses are required for the MCAT, but having a strong enough background to take it on the early side to give yourself an opportunity to apply in a timely manner. 
Um, the other thing is to get started in certain activities where you want to have longstanding commitments fairly early. So research, patient exposure, uh, community service experiences. These are things that you don't want to get into willy nilly, but you want to be very, you know, the saying measure twice, cut once. Um, that applies very much here because a lot of students, they get nervous. They say, oh no, it's my first semester. It's been four weeks already. So-and-so has a research experience. I need to get one too. So they jump, you know, uh, they drink at the first water they come to essentially. And they jump on things too early. And we know that once we're committed to something, it's much easier to pull back. Or sorry, it's, it's, it's much harder to pull back. And so you want to be careful about what you enter and make sure that it, you know, revolves around a certain theme of major interest and then take it from there. So that's my advice to be very careful and deliberate about what you enter. But once you enter those things, double down and do them for years. You don't want to hop around and seem like someone who's a little bit flaky, who can't make up their mind, um, because then you're going to look flighty and you're also not going to develop a strong enough theme. Okay. Question. I'm going to turn the page now and I'm going to apply this to you. Okay. How do you live a fantastic life? How do I live a fantastic life? Um, well, I love, um, I mean, making time for certain things that I really enjoy. Um, you know, fortunately, having, a, having an awesome wife and son uh, makes that a little bit easier for me, uh, you know, waking up to, to them and you know, having routines uh, that I really enjoy with my family helps a lot. So every morning I make breakfast for my son. Um, he's three years old. Every day he surprises me with what he wants to eat or not eat. Uh, you know, we play with cars or whatever the case might be. And um, and then just having a routine where, you know, I'm staying active with people that I love, going on walks throughout the day, doing my work, you know, having, I, I love food. So I enjoy that with my family and, and having certain things built in that get that happen every single day that I can look forward to um, has been a has been a tremendous foundation for that. Um, and then besides that, I mean, I, I genuinely enjoy the work that I do. You know, when people say, if you love what you do, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. I get that. And I love what I do. But there are still challenging days. But you have to have, I think, a you have to be content in the moment, sure, but you also want to have a long-term perspective about why you're doing something. Otherwise, it's going to feel like a daily slog and you're going to question it all the time. So I think between building in certain activities you routinely enjoy and having that long-term perspective about your motivations, um, I mean, that's been, that's been a game changer for me. Okay. Now, what advice do you have to our listeners about having a fantastic life? Don't be afraid to try things, even if you're not fully confident that, you know, something, whether something or, is going to work out or not. I think as high achievers, you know, talking about people who are medical school, uh, people applying to medical school, um, I think we're afraid to fail a lot of the times. You know, we're always focused on getting an A, doing this perfect research experience, getting a publication, not disappointing our parents and all this kind of stuff. And we're almost living from, you know, one achievement to the next, uh, trying to avoid, you know, one form of anxiety over another, but just to get, again, very clear on what you, what you want for yourself, what your motivations are and, you know, being willing to go for it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out exactly the way you, you know, you wished it would, it's still going to be okay. And you're going to learn from that. Dr. Sumatsian, how can people get in touch with you and your, your ac academic consulting if they'd like to? Yeah. I mean, people can reach out uh, via our website, uh, shamasianconsulting.com. You know, I, I think you'll link to it in your show notes. And, yep. you know, in there, there's always going to be contact forms and email addresses that people can reach out to and it would be a treat to hear from them. 
Now, j- just so that so just in case somebody's afraid to cl- get in touch with you, you don't charge two arms and a leg, do you? No, no. People can reach out anytime via email. Students who are interested in, you know, potentially working with us can sign up for a complimentary consultation. Uh, we don't bite if that's your question, Dr. Leica. Yeah, for sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dr. Shemazian, the true innovator and a smart, wonderful individual. Please check him out if you need his services. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have if you like the show, please say you liked it and press the like sign. If if you have some comments to leave, please do, so that we can get this out to bigger and more herds. We would like to get it out to as many people as we can, because we would like this show to grow. Thank you very much. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.